Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, Valentine, of course, is um, a Roman priest in the mid-200s who was an evangelist and who uh, was a servant to persecuted Christians and who uh, helped to uh, marry Christians uh, against the law at the time and who was imprisoned for that and um, brought before Emperor Claudius II, whom he tried to convert to Christianity, and uh, Claudius did not like that at all, and so he had him beheaded, and so naturally, today we give each other chocolates. Um, which is really neither here nor there, I just thought it was funny. Um, so we, we are continuing our series uh, today on the Jesus way, taking a look at the ways in which Jesus calls us to live as his people who are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And in order to live the Jesus way, uh, Jesus gives us what is essentially a manifesto of his um, way of living in what we know as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And he begins that sermon with these eight pillar truths that we know as the Beatitudes in the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. These uh, Beatitudes are the ways in which we connect to our God and to each other and to Jesus and to his kingdom. And of course, the The word beatitude, as we've mentioned before, comes from the Latin word for blessing, Uh, but those blessings that Jesus gives us in the beatitudes are not blessings of wealth or power or ease or comfort, but instead those blessings as Jesus understands them, as the New Testament authors understand them, blessing almost always has to do with a relationship with God. And so when we talk about the Beatitudes, when we talk about the living the Jesus way, uh, what we are talking about um, is that blessing is a state of divine joy based on nearness to God that does not depend on worldly situations or material possessions. That's what we mean when, when, when we say blessing. This is what we understand when we hear Jesus say to us, blessed are you. We hear him say, uh, joy-filled are you because of your relationship with God when you live this way. And so over the last four weeks, we've talked about how we live the Jesus way in our relationship with God, that we're to be poor in spirit. That is that we're to be humble and dependent upon God, knowing we cannot do all of these things ourselves. We've talked about how we are to be mourners, especially over um, our, our brokenness and over our sinfulness, so that God may come and comfort and restore us. We have discovered that there is blessing in meekness, that is in being gentle like Jesus and under the authority and control of the Father. The world does not understand meekness, but we understand that there is a blessing of relationship for us when we live this way. And then last week we talked about the blessing that we have when we hunger and thirst for the things of God because he will fill us with those things. And now we reach the the midway point of the Beatitudes. We shift from the first four to the second four, and Jesus shifts his focus in these blessings for us. 
from a relationship with God to our relationship with each other. Much in the same way that the first half of the Ten Commandments have to do with our relationship with God and the second half of the Ten Commandments have to do with our relationship to the world at large, so too does Jesus craft the Beatitudes um, like this. And so as we enter into these second four Beatitudes, this second half of the Beatitudes, uh, we are um, taking a look at, at, at the blessing that God has for us when we treat other people in particular ways. And so we come to Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, where we find today's beatitude in which Jesus says to us, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy. Blessed are those who have mercy toward one another. There is a relationship with God that happens when we are merciful toward one another. There is a divine joy for us that does not depend on our worldly circumstances or material possessions when we show mercy to the world around us. Mercy is a wonderful church word that uh, means something like compassion or gentleness shown when it is within our power to harm or to punish. In other words, mercy is the removal of hurt or punishment. Blessed are the merciful... Blessed are those who do not pile on hurt. Blessed are those who do not add sorrow upon sorrow to the lives of others. Blessed are those who do not hold a grudge and punish constantly and twist the knife. Blessed are those instead who give comfort. Blessed are those instead who give forgiveness. Blessed are those instead who lift heavy burdens off of those who are suffering. Any act, any action, any word that removes hurt, that removes sorrow, that removes indignity, that brings relief, that is mercy. And our God is a God of mercy. Our God is a God of mercy. Throughout the scripture, God is described as merciful or as showing mercy or as having mercy mercy toward people. In fact, at the end of the New Testament, uh, Peter writes this to us, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. He says about us, about the church, he says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received what? Mercy. Because God is a God of mercy. God gives mercy to people. He bestows compassion and kindness. He lifts heavy burdens. He removes shame. He removes our transgressions. He offers forgiveness. That's how we typically understand mercy when we talk about it in the church context. We typically understand mercy um, as having to do with forgiveness. And that's true. 
Mercy does have to do with forgiveness, but it also means the removal of shame and guilt. The release from punishment in hell. The restoration of relationship and inclusion into his people. When we talk about God's mercy, we, we are talking about him lifting a heavy burden off of us that we could not deal with on our own. Jesus asks us to, to come to him if we are heavy laden and he will give us rest. This is mercy, to take that heaviness from us and fill us with joy and compassion instead. Mercy is as much a defining characteristic of God as anything else. As his justice, as his grace, as his holiness, as his love. Mercy is part of God's defining characteristics. It so defines him that it defines the ministry of his son Jesus in the Gospels. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, where we find this this beatitude, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In the Gospel of Matthew, we find people coming to Jesus on a fairly regular basis throughout the Gospel. Five different occasions in the Gospel of Matthew, somebody comes to Jesus and begs him to have mercy. Sometimes it's have mercy on me, sometimes it's have mercy on us, sometimes it's have mercy on someone else. But on five different occasions, people come to Jesus and they beg him, have mercy. Because it's part of who he is. Because he is this man of God. Whether people recognize him as son of God yet is is really immaterial in the gospel story. They, They recognize that he is of God. They recognize that he represents godliness and and they they recognize that in that representation they will find mercy because that's who God is. And so they come to Jesus and they beg, have mercy And often in the context of Matthew, that mercy that they ask for is some kind of physical mercy. Have mercy on me, let me see. Have mercy on my son, he's demon-possessed. So on and so forth. And Jesus always responds to the request, have mercy, with an act of mercy. Usually an act of physical healing and often accompanied by an act of spiritual healing, the forgiveness of sins. Because our God is a God of mercy. And so, of course, Jesus would call out to us and ask us, be merciful. Blessed are the merciful. In fact, mercy is so important to God, so important to Jesus that Jesus quotes in Matthew from the Old Testament this about mercy in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, speaking to the religious leaders of his day, to the, the, the church folk of his day. Jesus says this, Matthew 9, 13, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Jesus quotes this from the Old Testament where this uh, same phrase shows up on at least two separate occasions in the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus says uh, in accordance with God's own word 
that he desires us to be a people of mercy more than he desires us to be a people of sacrifice. Listen to me and understand this. Jesus desires that we would be merciful toward others more than he wants us to go to church. Jesus wants us to be merciful more than he wants us to sing our songs. Jesus desires mercy more than he desires offering. Jesus is looking for people who will be a merciful people because God is a merciful God. Mercy is vital to the ministry of Jesus. It's vital to God's relationship with humanity. It's vital to our relationship with the Father. And it must be vital in our relationships with other people as well. After all, everyone needs mercy, don't they? Everyone needs mercy at some point in their life. And in my case, pretty frequently. I don't know, maybe that's true of you too, that, that you find that, that on a pretty regular basis, you need that heavy burden lifted. You need God's compassion to replace your sorrow. You need, you need the loving embrace of others to tell you it's okay. You're okay. You're loved. No matter what. No matter what you've said or what you've done. You need to hear people say they still love you. That's mercy. You need that forgiveness from your spouse, from your kids, from your parents on a regular basis, from your brothers and sisters. You need to know that, that you matter. You need that mercy. Everyone does. We needed mercy, and because we did, God came to us with mercy. Paul says this at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 2, a fairly familiar passage and an important one. Ephesians chapter 2, the first five verses, talk about the mercy we have received. Paul writes, As for you, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in what? Mercy. Made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We needed a God of mercy. We should have been under God's wrath. But because God is a God of mercy and he recognized that we needed mercy... He came to us with mercy instead of with wrath. And not only do we need mercy, but everyone does. Our friends, our family, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in the Christian community need mercy. This is why Paul says to us in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Because God came to us with mercy, we are to extend mercy to others. Blessed are the merciful. Even to those who have wronged us, to those who have harmed us, even to those whom we think don't deserve mercy. Which, by the way, is like the least Christian idea I can come up with. For a Christian to say that somebody else doesn't deserve mercy is just bonkers, right? Like for someone who has received mercy to say, oh, that's for me, not for you. That's just crazy talk, right? And so the Bible even calls upon us to do things like love our enemies, right? In fact, in the tiny little book of Jude at the end of the New Testament, in verses 22 and 23, there's only one chapter. So Jude chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, we find these words. Jude writes to us, be merciful to those who doubt Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Jude says it doesn't matter how bad you think people are, they still need mercy. And you can show it to them. You can. There's nothing stopping us from being merciful. At any moment, to any person, there is nothing that stops us from being merciful. Everybody needs mercy. And since we have received it, we ought to share it. God is kind, the scripture says, even to the ungrateful and to the wicked. How can we be any less? There's such, there's such a great need for mercy. There's such a great need for mercy in a world that just batters people down. In a world that, that just that shames people all the time. There's such a deep need for mercy in a world that, that utterly lacks the concept of forgiveness. There's such a deep need for mercy, and we have received such a great mercy from our God. And it should make us into a merciful people. Because mercy should lead to more mercy. Mercy should always lead to more mercy. The scriptures call us to be merciful. Blessed are you in relationship with God, are you, when you are merciful, Jesus says to us. Blessed are the merciful. In fact, Jesus will get even more pointed than this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 36, he doesn't just say, blessed are you when. Instead, he says, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. That that goes beyond a blessing. That's what we like to call a commandment. All right? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about this one. Be merciful, Jesus says. In the same manner 
that your heavenly Father is merciful, you must be merciful. Paul will uh, expound on this, Ephesians chapter 4, 32. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. God has shown us mercy when we didn't deserve any. In fact, that's pretty much part of the definition of mercy. Mercy can only be extended to people who don't deserve it. If you did deserve relief, it's not actually mercy when you get it. It's righteousness. Mercy is unmerited, unwarranted, unearned. And God has given it to us before we ever did anything that would be deserving of it. And so we ought to be filled with mercy toward others. It ought to flow out of us at every encounter. Every behavior that we have, every interaction that we enter into, every word that proceeds forth from our mouth or from our fingertips if we're on the interwebs. Every, every piece of us ought to just be bursting forth with mercy because we have received it and mercy ought to lead to more mercy. No longer do we hold grudges or hang on to our anger. No longer do we pass judgment or add shame to others. Mercy instead is our watchword. Mercy instead is our very life's blood. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus says. But what happens when we ignore that? What happens when mercy doesn't lead to more mercy? What happens if we fail to be merciful? Blessed are the merciful, Jesus says, for they will be shown mercy. That's a conditional phrase. That the, mercy, uh, that the merciful will receive mercy. The implication is, of course, if we are not merciful... We do not receive mercy. By the way, that is not just an implication. It is the fact of Scripture. James writes this. In James chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, he says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Jesus is even more blunt than that, if you can believe it. In Matthew chapter 6, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, and that's a heavy but, but, If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mercy should lead 
to more mercy. When we fail to let God's mercy in us lead us to be merciful to others, we have missed the point of mercy. When we hoard God's mercy all for ourselves and extend no compassion, no kindness, no forgiveness, no gentleness, no love, no no comfort, no healing to those who are hurting, We've missed the point of Jesus. Blessed are the merciful in closest relationship with God are the merciful. And they will be shown mercy. God has been merciful to me in my 44 years. God has been more merciful to me than I can tell you. More merciful than I could recount if I spent every moment of every day for the rest of my life trying to tell the story of God's mercy. God has been merciful to me. Has he been merciful to you too? Has God been merciful to you? Will you be merciful to others? The world needs to see Christians full of mercy. There have been stories in the news this week, and that's really no different than pretty much any other time, of famous and powerful and influential and celebrity Christians who absolutely and utterly lack mercy. Christians who have used their power and their position to abuse other people. Christians who have made themselves wealthy but have no compassion for those who are under the heavy burden of poverty. We need Christians who are mercy-filled Christians. The world needs to see Christians full of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. To help us wrap our brains around this concept of mercy a little bit more this week, here are our action steps as we wrap up today. Three things I'd like to invite you to do with me this week. I'd like to invite you to read something, pray something, and do something with me this week. First of all, I'd like to invite you to read one of the parables of Jesus, I really wanted to get to it in this message, but it, it just, I didn't have enough time. So I want to invite you to read, please, this week, this parable of Jesus from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Peter, one of the disciples, comes to Jesus, super proud of himself, and says, Jesus, when somebody sins against me, I forgive them up to seven times. Aren't I a great person? And Jesus goes, oh, Peter, you've missed the point of mercy. You've missed the point of mercy. Not seven times, not an amount you can keep track of, but 70 times seven, be merciful. And then he launches into this story about a man who received mercy but is incapable of giving it. 
Take a look at, at Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35 this week, and, and then I want to invite you to pray with me this week in, in whatever your prayer times are, before meals, before bed, with your spouse, with your kids, whenever you happen to pray, would you pray with me this simple prayer? Thank you, God, for your mercy. Would you thank God for his mercy this week? And then finally, let me invite us all to do something. Would you forgive this week? Would you forgive? Maybe it's a sibling that did something to you years and years ago and you're still holding on to it. Maybe it's somebody in this congregation who said something that was hurtful to you and you've been holding on to that hurt. Maybe it's, maybe it's even a stranger. You've been, you've been holding a grudge against, against a, a politician maybe or an actor or a sports star. I can't think of why, but maybe you have been. Maybe it's time to be merciful toward President Biden or former President Trump. God has been merciful to both. Maybe it's time to be merciful to those who vote differently than you do. God loves them as much as he loves you. Maybe it's time to be merciful to your neighbor, merciful to your coworker that just grates on your nerves no matter what. Maybe it's time to be merciful. Maybe it's time to forgive. Law professor Brian Stevenson, who is the director of the Equal Justice Initiative, wrote these words, and they are powerful to me. He said, Mercy is just when it is rooted in hopefulness and freely given. And mercy is most empowering, liberating, and transformative when it is directed at the undeserving. The people who haven't earned it, who haven't even sought it, are the most meaningful recipients of compassion. God gave us mercy through Jesus when we didn't deserve it, when we weren't even looking for it. And because he loved us, and what is mercy but love in action? Because he loved us, it changed our lives. So may we go and do likewise. And may others' lives be changed because we have taken seriously the word of Jesus. Blessed are the merciful. Father God, we thank you for the promise of Jesus Christ that there is mercy for us. When we don't deserve it, when we cannot earn it, 
before we ever knew that we needed it. There's mercy for us through Jesus, your son. Father, because of that mercy, we may have a relationship with you, our God. Father, help us to take seriously your call to be merciful, to lift heavy loads off the back of those who are burdened by shame, by guilt, by fear, by doubt, by anger. Father, help us to be merciful. Help us to be forgiving, kind, compassionate, a loving and healing people. Father, we take Jesus at his word and we hold on to what he says. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In the name of Jesus, we all pray.